you, Lord. Well, tonight is our prayer night, and so we come to pray. But before we do, I just want to take a few minutes to, to share a few words with you. I want to welcome all of you here tonight and those that are watching by live stream. Welcome tonight for prayer, and I know that you're ready to uh, roll up your sleeves and gird up your loins and just begin to pray and seek God, because I believe God is going to hear and do some wonderful things. Amen? Amen. So I want to begin by talking about how when tragedy hits, when, when there's an emergency, when, some, when we have some difficult circumstances, they send certain individuals, people that are trained for things like this. These are what we call first responders. These are very unique men and women uh, who, who, are, uh, who are trained uh, to, and who are willing and always ready to answer, to respond to an emergency or a crisis. We're talking about men and women who belong to our police force. Men and women who belong to the fire department. Men and women who are, are EMTs and paramedics. We're talking about rescue divers. We're talking about pilots who fly rescue uh, uh, helicopters. We're, we're talking about coast guards. We're talking about emergency room doctors and nurses. These are men and women who oftentimes lay down their lives to be in the front lines in major crises. And we honor them and we thank them for it. But did you know that God has called us all to also be first responders? In every situation, in every circumstances, in any emergency, in any crisis, we're all called to be first responders. And we do that by simply praying. We are to be first responders without hesitation, just like these men and women who are trained to respond to emergencies. We are to be committed as they are and always be ready to respond with prayer whenever an emergency or crisis occurs. When I think about first responders in the Bible, the first person that comes to my mind is Nehemiah. Go with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah was a first responder. And, of course, the story goes that Nehemiah was among one of the many Jews who were held captive uh, back in the day because God's people were disobedient and rebelling. And so after much warning and much uh, pleading with the people to get back and get things right, God had no choice but to bring judgment upon them and sent the Babylonians to capture them. And the Bible says that God promised that after 70 years of captivity, he would begin to release them and send them back to Jerusalem. And at that time, the first wave of God's people already went to Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah, who happened to be working in the king's palace as his cupbearer, happened to see one of the Jews who had come back from Jerusalem. And he happened to stop and ask them, uh, how are the people in Jerusalem doing? How is Jerusalem doing? And so, and this is what the response was. This is what he heard in verse 3. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. This was the news that Nehemiah received. Now to Nehemiah, that was a tragic news. That was terrible news. 
It affected him in such a way that the scripture says that he responded in verse 4. When he says, so it was when I heard these words, when he heard this bad news, what do you do? What is your response when you hear tragic news? What is your first response when you hear news that is unexpected? What are your first response when you hear news that you don't want to hear? Well, Nehemiah heard these words and the Bible says that I sat down and wept and mourned and curled up in a fetal position and felt sorry for myself. Is that what it says? No, the Bible says he wept and mourned for many days and as he was mourning and weeping, he was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. That was Nehemiah's first response upon hearing some bad news. Another person that comes to mind was Daniel. Daniel was also a first responder. Go with me to Daniel chapter 6. Beginning in verse 6. And this is another story where Daniel was also one of the Jews who were also held captive. And Daniel was doing pretty good. He found favor with the king. And he was in a a very high position. As a matter of fact, he was given the most powerful position in all of Persia. And we read over in verse 6. So these governors and satraps, these are leaders uh, that are among Persia, didn't like the news that the king put this Jew over all of them. And so they didn't like that. So they began to conspire against David. I mean Daniel. So he says, So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions or prays to any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast Into the den of lions. Verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decrees and sign the writing, so they cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Now, they were telling him to make this law. Once that law is set, once that law is established, it cannot be changed. Once it's already been established, it's already set in stone, it cannot be altered in any way. Now, Verse 9, therefore, King Darius signed the written decree, now it was law, it cannot change. Now when Daniel, verse 9, knew that the writing was signed, Daniel heard the news, found out what had happened, found out what the king did, and the Bible says he went home and packed up his bags and took the first caravan back to Jerusalem. Is that what it says? No, it does not say that. It says this, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Now think about this. He hears some terrible news that affected his life and his livelihood. A law that cannot change no matter what. Couldn't vote it in, couldn't petition it, couldn't do nothing. It was done. It was established. But the Bible says that he went, prayed three times. Not only did he pray to God, and it didn't matter who heard him or who saw him, he prayed anyways. And the thing was, he thanked God after hearing this terrible news. Well, 
The Bible goes on to say in verse 11, And these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And of course, what they did was they reported to King Darius and told him, Listen, remember the law that you established that you cannot change or alter? Well, we found somebody who violated that law. That's Daniel. Now, the Bible says that King Darius, who loved Daniel, who, who was really you know, fond of him, was very grieved to find out that it was Daniel. And the Bible says that King Darius did everything he could to try to, try to change his situation without trying to change the law. But there was nothing he could do. So the king had no choice to, but to send Daniel into the lion's den. All the king could do was to tell Daniel, may the God whom you serve continually deliver you. And then the Bible says that the king could not sleep that night. And he fasted. And he was grieved. And then the morning came. And the Bible says he ran to the, uh, to the lion's den. And he shouted and he cried out, Daniel, did God whom you serve continually deliver you? Was he able to deliver you? And Daniel says, yes, he has. He sent an angel to, to shut the mouths of the lions. And by doing that, proved that I was innocent and did nothing wrong. And it was because of that that King Darius was able to change the rules, change the laws, deliver him from out of the den, and then through the men who conspired against him into the lion's den. You cannot tell me that God cannot change circumstances, no matter what anybody else says. It was, Nehemiah, it was Daniel's first response to pray, not to worry, not to complain, not to, to march and protest in front of the city hall. No, his first response was to pray before God. And even though it seemed like it was impossible, because the fact is that under the Persian law, once a law is made, it cannot change. It didn't matter. He went to the person who can make the difference and change that law and change his circumstances. Prayer requires a response, a readiness, a commitment. And a willingness to turn one's life around, but also to change one's circumstances. Prayer is the first response of every believer in times of tragedy, in times of difficulties, in times of crises, in times of emergency, in times of every situation. And we are God's first responders in everything. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 in the Amplified Version. It says this. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstances and in everything, by prayer and petition, that is, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Notice it says that we are to pray in every circumstance and in every situation. Unfortunately, what most people do, what our first response is when we hear terrible news and we find ourselves in a very terrible circumstance, is our first response is fear, worry, anxiety, depression, bad decisions. But the Bible says our first response is to pray in every circumstances, in everything. So whether it's a financial problem, whether it's a social issue, whether it's a, a, a relational issue, whatever it may be, 
Rather than worrying about it, rather than feeling anxious, rather than falling into a depression, rather than making a bad decision or going into a state of panic, our first response is to pray in everything and in every circumstances. Look at First uh, Timothy chapter 2, beginning verse 1. First Timothy 2 verse 1 says this, Therefore I exhort first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Paul says, first of all, our first response, our first priority is prayer. It is a command to make prayer a priority, our first priority before anything else. And he said that we are to pray with prayer and supplication. Supplication are petitions. That means praying for our personal needs and our desires. That means that whenever we have a need, we can pray for them. And it could be a financial need. It can be a, a, a health uh, uh, need. It could be a, a, a relational need. Whatever the need may be, we're told that we are to pray first for those needs. So whatever the need may be, we're to pray about them. Then he not only tells us to make prayer a first priority, but he also tells us for whom we should pray for. He says in verse 1 and 2, that prayer should be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. Kings meaning our president. Praying for all men. Men you don't like, men you do like. Women you like and women you don't like. It doesn't matter whether you agree with them. It doesn't matter whether you don't like their personality. It doesn't matter whether you agree with politics. It doesn't, agree with, doesn't matter what anything. Listen, prayer should never be discriminatory. We are to pray for all men, whether we agree with them or not, whether we like them or not, we are to pray for all men. And here's why. Because the Bible says that God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And the reason for that is because of this. He wants to have a peaceable life, a quiet and peaceable life in our godliness and reverence. Paul is talking about how prayer can affect the circumstances in which we live in. Even changing the heart of our leaders who can determine the circumstances in our lives. And we saw an example of Nehemiah, how God was able to change the circumstances. I mean, Daniel, in, in his circumstances, um, and it, 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 it altered his, his circumstances because even though it looked like this was it, being thrown into the lions then because he prayed, because he used that as his first response in every situation, yet God still was able to change the circumstances. And that's what prayer does. Paul was saying that prayer could even move the hearts of leaders, which in turn could also make decisions that can affect our lives in the positive. But God can do anything when it comes to prayer. Without prayer, God can't do anything. Prayer can shape things. When I think about prayer, think about this. When you pray, think about, imagine yourself being a sculptor and you have a, a, a glob of clay in front of you. And as you're praying, you're shaping and molding that clay until it becomes the finished product, the product that you desire. That's what prayer does. Prayer shapes circumstances. It shapes the hearts of men. It shapes the, the thoughts of men. So 
when you're praying and continue to pray and make that your first response, you are shaping and molding that situation in your life. You're shaping and molding that circumstance. You're shaping and molding the persons that, that you're praying for, their hearts and their minds, until you receive the finished product. Until Christ be formed in them. Someone once said that prayer, that the prayer closet is the arena which produces the overcomer. That's powerful. That is a powerful thing to know that prayer can change things. And we hear this time and again, but you know what? I never get tired of talking about it and trying to convince and encourage you to pray because prayer is a powerful thing. It does shape lives. It does shape things. It does shape circumstances. Revival is a result of people praying. You know, some of the great revivals that we have over the, in, in, in the past, it was all because of people coming together to pray. It, a prayer can make a dead church into a lively church. Prayer can, can affect entire communities. Prayer can, can uh, it, it, during the Great Awakening, they said that, that the entire Atlantic seaboard in the United States was affected by the prayer of people. So revival is always a result of people praying. They said that prayer is the spark that ignites the kind of prayer that brings results. There was a song that I used to sing back in the day when I used to attend the Nazarene church, an evangelical church, way back before I even uh, came into a full gospel church. But it's a very familiar song. Many of you probably know it, and it's it's a very powerful hymn. It goes like this. Got any river you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in the things thought impossible. And he can do what no other power can do. How many of you have ever heard that song before? That's a, that's a very powerful song. But that's what God does. Nothing is impossible. Prayer has shaping power. Prayer also has saving power. In 1 Timothy 2.4, he says that God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's desire. God's desire is to save people. And how do we do that? By simply making prayer a first priority. By being the first responder to prayer. Prayer is the mightiest tool in seeing people saved. Let me close with this. This is a story that I shared once before, but it, it just... I've got to share this again because it's so powerful. Because, And I believe that many of you, those who are watching live stream also, and those who are here, I'm sure you can identify as parents. But at the age of 17, W.P. Mackey left for college. His mother was a godly woman, and she was fearful that he would go down the wrong path once he goes off to college. As parents, we often think like that as well. We've often worried, you know, our kids, you know, are on their own. They're going to make some decision, get a, hook up with some wrong people and everything. We worry about these things. We think about those things. So she, like, like us, she was worried about that. She was fearful about that. So what she did was she gave him a Bible. And in the inside of the Bible, she wrote his name, her name, and a Bible verse. And then he went on to college, and then he went to medical school. And just as she feared... He began to run with the wrong crowd. You know, as parents, we're praying for our children. And we're praying and we're praying. Then all of a sudden we hear that 
they've made some bad decisions or they're going off the wrong path. And, you know, it, it, it can be devastating as a parent. You know, we wonder, why are we praying? God, do you hear us? <clears throat> but this woman never stopped praying, regardless of what the circumstances was. So it goes on. So she feared that he began to run with the wrong crowd. However, this godly mother prayed daily that God would touch his heart. One night, in a drunken condition, he took that Bible and he pawned the Bible that his mother had given him. And then time goes on, he, he went on to become a very successful doctor <clears throat> and became the head of the largest church in Edinburgh. He became an unbeliever also and was even elected as a president of a society of atheists in that city. So you have a mother praying for her son and, and it gets from bad to worse. It, it, it's, it's enough to cause anybody to say, you know what? Forget this. I give up. I quit. But the mother kept praying. One day, an accident victim was brought to the hospital that he was working in. And fearing that he was dying, he asked the doctor, Dr. Mackay, will you please send for my landlady and ask her to send me the book? And he agreed. And in a few hours, the landlady brought the book. Shortly thereafter, the patient died. And Dr. Mackay asked about the book. He said, what about the book he asked for? Was it his bank book or was it a date book? And the nurse says, no, it wasn't either. As a matter of fact, it's still under the pillow. So Dr. Mackay went to the patient's bed, reached under the pillow, and pulled out a Bible. Now he opened the Bible, and to his surprise, it was the very Bible that his mother had given him years ago. His mind and heart was flooded with memories of his godly mother. And he slipped the Bible under his coat, ran to his office, and fell on his knees and cried out to God for mercy. W.P. Mackay would go on to become a preacher of the gospel, an author, and a songwriter. And this is one of the songs that he wrote. It is, again, a very familiar song that we've all sang and heard. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory, revive us again. How many of you ever sung that song before? That's that same doctor whose life was altered and changed because of a praying mother. And it didn't matter what the circumstances was or how bleak it looked for her son. God knows how to turn situations around. We all are called to be first responders. And tonight we're going to respond in prayer. And we're going to focus on two things tonight. We're going to focus on our country. As you know, our country has been turned upside down. You want to talk about turmoil? You want to talk about disruption? You want to talk about confusion? Our country is filled with confusion. The devil has gotten a hold of this country and turned it upside down. This, this country is no longer a, country, a nation under God. This country is a nation under the devil now. He's caused so much disruption, bringing violence and hatred and division into this country. Bringing the country near, near to lawlessness and anarchy. There's a people who don't even respect authority. This country is, is going in the wrong direction. But rather than panicking, rather than complaining, rather than being afraid, rather than being anxious, rather than being fearful, let's be first responders. 
Let's go to God. A God who can alter things. A God who can shape things. A God who's able to change situations and circumstances. That's the God that we're going to to pray for. And we're also going to pray the one thing that is more dear to God. Granted, all the things that are going on in this country is tragic. How many of you would would agree with that? It's a tragedy to see what's going on in this country and in this world. But my friends, nothing is more tragic. Nothing is more tragic than an unbeliever dying without knowing Christ. That, my friend, is the most tragic thing that can happen. God, the Bible says that God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his desire. And it would be a tragedy for someone to die and not know the truth. And so tonight we're also going to pray for lost souls. And listen, we have an upcoming uh, election. Rather than praying for the candidate that you want in office, let's pray for God's perfect will. Let's pray for what God wants, what God desires. All right? That's what we're going to pray tonight. All right? So if you'll join me as we become the first responder that God has called us to be. Father God, we thank you. First of all, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the ability to pray. Thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to pray. Father God, we thank you because we know that if you didn't believe that prayer works, if you didn't believe that prayer would be effective, you would not tell us to pray. But because you call us all to pray, we know it because it's because it's effective. We know that if we pray, we know that things will happen. We know that circumstances will change. We know that the lives of people will be shaped. Their hearts will be molded, Father God, because of prayer. And so, Father, we come together. Those that are here tonight, those that are watching by live stream, Father, we join our faith together and pray. Hallelujah. And, Father, we pray for this country right now. We pray, Father God, that you come and bring peace into this country. Bring peace into this nation, Father God. Father God, that you bring unity into this country, Father God. Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that you become the God, that this country become the nation under you, Lord God, and not under the devil. We come against the devil right now, and we we take notice upon you right now, Satan, and we command you to take your filthy hands off this country. We, We command you to take your filthy hands off our leaders. We command you to take your hands off the people of those who are in authority. And Father, we, we pray, uh, Satan, we come against you right now that you loose our children, loose our teens in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray, Lord God, that you, who is able to do all things, Father God, that you're a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. We thank you right now, Father God, for saving this country. We thank you, Father God, hallelujah, for bringing salvation and revival into this country, oh God. Father God, bring back the great awakening, Father God, but let it be an even greater awakening. Glory to God. Let there be revival in every, in every, every corner of this country, Father God. And we pray for our leaders, Lord God, that for their salvation, we pray, Father God, for revival in their own lives. 
Hallelujah. We pray, Father God, you protect our constitution, Lord God. We pray, Father God, you protect it from anyone who tries to alter it and change it for political reasons or for, for, for political gain, Father God. We pray that you preserve our, our nation, preserve our country, preserve our rights, Lord God, preserve our constitution, Lord God. Hallelujah. We pray, Father, for the people in this country. We pray for social justice, oh God. We pray for men and women who are courageous enough to stand up and make rules and make laws and statutes, Father God, that will end the social injustice, that will end the racial injustice, Father God, that will turn around and change the systemic racism, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, oh God, that you come and change the country, Lord God, as you see fit. Make it to be a country, Lord God, who's after your own heart. Make it a country, Father God, that puts you first place. Make it a country, oh God, hallelujah, that loves you and worship you and, and want to serve you with all their hearts, oh God. Father, we pray to save our country, Lord God, from the anarchy and the lawlessness and the hatred and the division and the violence and the killings, oh God, and the destruction of property, oh God. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We know that your word says, Lord God, that... Jesus' word says that in this world we shall have trouble or tribulation. But Lord, your word says that Jesus has overcome the world. And so, Father, we thank you for that overcoming power to take place over this nation. Over our leaders, oh God. Father God, you help us to, to find focus and find purpose once again, oh God. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you help change the mind and thinking of our leaders, Lord God. To think in a godly manner. To think, Father God, of your perfect will. To be in your perfect will, Lord God. Father, we pray that nothing is impossible with you. And so we're able to pray this prayer, Lord God, asking you to do the impossible. Or what seems to be impossible. But Father, we thank you, Lord God, as we saw in the story of Nehemiah and in the story of Daniel, Father. How you're able to shape circumstances. I thank you, Lord, that you're able to do the same thing. You're able to do the impossible, Lord God, because there's no power on earth that's greater than your power. And so, Father, we thank you for distributing and, and demonstrating your power here on this earth so that everyone will recognize that you are truly God. Lord, we pray that you show yourself strong and mighty, Lord God, on behalf of the believers in this country. Father, that you raise us up, Lord God, and be strong men and women of God. Be strong leaders. Lord God, that we go ahead, Father God, and raise up that banner of righteousness, Lord God, and not be ashamed or not be afraid. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for saving this country from itself. Saving itself from, from the political corruptness, Lord God. Saving itself, Father God, from from every evil thing and every evil work, Lord God, that the devil has sown in this country. And Lord, we thank you for uprooting the, the evil seed that the devil has sown. And we thank you for planting some good seeds, Lord God, in good ground. Father, we thank you, Lord, for saving our country. Lord, that our country will be the, the example of all to, in, in, the, in the world, Lord God, as a country that reverence you, a country that respects you, a country, Father God, that fears you, a country, Lord God, that obeys you, a country that believes in you, Father. Father, let this be a nation under God. Let this be a nation, a godly nation, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for saving our country. Thank you, Lord God.
for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord God, for turning this world right side up. Thank you for bringing our country back to where, it's, where it needs to be, Lord God. Thank you for, for saving the people in this country, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you, Lord, as we continue to lift our leadership to you, Lord God. And Lord, we pray for their salvation. We pray for their deliverance, O oh God. We pray, Father God, for every leader, Lord God, no matter what party they represent, no matter what their political persuasions are. Father, we pray for them, Lord God. We do not discriminate, Lord God, because of their political party, because of what they believe in, what their, uh, their political thoughts are, Lord God. We pray simply because it's your desire that all men be saved. And so we pray for them, Father, for their salvation, first and foremost. And you begin to work in their lives, begin to shape their lives, Father God. Begin to turn their hearts, Lord God, towards you. Father, that will come to know you in a personal way. Father, that will come to have an encounter, a holy encounter with you, Lord God. That, they'll come, that they cannot help but to understand and realize and acknowledge that you are truly the one and only God. Father, we pray, hallelujah, for our leaders, from the president on down, every leader in position of authority, Father, we pray. We pray for their spiritual well-being. We pray, Father God, for a spiritual revival in their lives. And we thank you, Father God, hallelujah. Again, Lord, we can pray this prayer because we believe that all things are possible. And so we thank you in advance for hearing our prayers and answering them and working the lives of our leaders, Lord God, even as we speak and changing the course of, of this country, Lord God, and, and placing it back in the right place, in the right direction, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for being in control of the situation. Thank you, Lord, for being in control over this mess. Thank you, Father God, for setting things right. Oh, Hallelujah. Thank you for establishing your presence. Thank you for establishing your power here in this country and in the lives of our leaders, oh God. Hallelujah. And Lord, we pray for the upcoming election. Father, there's so much uncertainty. There's so much concern, Father God, of this upcoming election. We don't know what the outcome will be. We don't know what the results will be. We don't even know how it's going to affect the people, Lord God. But we pray this, Lord God. We pray for your perfect will to be done. We pray, Father God, that you have the final word in the election. Father God, we pray to you, Father God, asking you, Father God, to make sure that you place the right person who will follow your will and your purpose, Father God, for this country. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we just want to take the time to worship you right now. To thank you first and foremost, Lord God, for hearing our prayers and responding to our prayers tonight. Thank you, Father God, that the wheels are already set in motion. Thank you, Lord God, that you've already greased the wheels and ready to go, Father. I thank you that you're already preparing the way and setting things in motion, Lord God. And so we thank you and we praise you. We worship you tonight, Lord God. We give you glory and honor because you, God, are, are a mighty and all-powerful God and all-loving God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you and we extol you and praise you and magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Father God. 
You are just an awesome God. Father, I wish there were, were more words that I can use to express how much I love you and how much we praise you, Father God. But Lord, with the words that we have, the words that you've given us, Lord God, please receive it tonight. Receive it like a sweet smelling incense, oh God. Hallelujah. As we pour our love and our, and our adoration and our blessings before you, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for being faithful. Thank you, Lord God, for being an on-time God. Thank you, Lord God, for being with us and standing behind us. Hallelujah. Thank you for getting our backs, Lord, having our backs. Thank you, Lord, for being our greatest supporter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for being there with us when no one else is. Thank you, Lord God. You're a blessing. We love you. We bless you. And we worship you. Hallelujah. Praise be the name of Jesus. Praise be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory be to God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We bless your holy name. We worship you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We honor you and worship you, Lord God. Thank you, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, we pray for all those, Lord God, who don't know you, who have not acknowledged you as Lord and Savior, who have not acknowledged you as the one and only God, we pray for them right now, whether it be a friend, a relative, a brother, a sister, a father, a mother, uncle, niece, grandparents, our neighbor, our coworkers, our boss, whoever it may be, Father, we lift them up to you right now. Hallelujah. We lift them up to you, Father God, and we pray for them continuously, Lord God. No matter what the circumstances are in their lives, no matter what direction they've chosen, no matter what situation they may find themselves in, Father God, we will not be moved by those circumstances. But Father, we're going to stay steady and stay steadfast, Lord God, as we continue to pray and lift them up to you. We pray, Father God, for their salvation. We pray for their deliverance, Father God. We, maybe with their friends, Lord God, that, that are out there who, who are addicted, Lord God, to drugs or addicted to some other addiction, Father God, some other substance. We pray for them, that you deliver them and, and break the power of Satan over their lives. Father God, that just, all they have to do is simply cry out to the name of the Lord and your word promise that we shall be saved. And Lord, I thank you that you hear their cries. And come and interrupt their lives and begin to bring change, Lord God. And begin to shape their hearts, shape their thinking, shape their minds, Lord God. And to become a child of God. Father, we pray for those that we, that we love and those that we don't know, Father God. Whether it be our leaders in our local cities, local cities and towns, Father God. Uh, Lord God, whether it, it, it be our, our, our boss that we don't get along with, Lord God, we pray for them anyways. They may be mean. They may be angry. Lord God, they may mistreat us. But Lord, it doesn't matter because you love them. They may be wrong. They may be sinners. They may be whatever, Lord God. We may not like them. 
We may not agree with them. We might not even like their character or their personality. They may be filled with pride and arrogance, Lord God. They may be sinful to the gills. But Father, we don't care about those things. We lift them up to you because you love them. And because you sent your son to die for them, Lord. And so Father, we pray that they'll come to the knowledge of the truth. So that they may be saved. Hallelujah. And they may have that eternal hope, Father God, that you provide us all with. Father, we pray for them, Lord God. We pray for our children, Lord God, who have lost, who have gone astray, who have chosen their own path, Father God. We pray, Lord God, that you bring them back. Lord, your word says that you're able to heal backsliders. Lord, those who have turned away from you, Lord God, who once have served you, but Lord, they've turned away from you, Lord God, for whatever reason. We pray that you heal their backsliding and bring them back and restore them back to right standing with you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we pray, hallelujah, for these people, whoever they are, wherever they are. Hallelujah. No matter how old they are, no matter what stages of life they are in, Lord God, no matter what mess they're, they're in or where they find themselves in, Lord God, we pray for them. Hallelujah. We pray for their deliverance. We pray that you break every stronghold in their lives. We pray for their salvation, O God. We pray for grace and mercy upon them, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank the merciful God. Your mercy endures forever, O Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving our children. Thank you for saving our teens. Thank you, Lord God, for saving our loved ones. Thank you for saving our friends, our neighbor, our co-workers, our boss, our leaders, Lord God. Thank you for bringing salvation into their homes, O God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for delivering our, our, our brothers and sisters, Lord God, who are addicted to drugs, addicted to drinking, addicted to pornography or gambling or whatever addiction they may be suffering. Thank you for delivering them, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you for setting them free. In the name of Jesus, that mighty name of Jesus, that name that is above every name, that name that where every name must bow, every sin, every stronghold must bow. Thank you, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise be the name of Jesus. Praise be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. At this time, I'm going to have you, perhaps there's someone in particular that you've been praying for, and I want you tonight to begin to start focusing on that one individual, and maybe two or three individuals that you may have specifically that's in your heart, that God has placed in your heart to pray for tonight. And I want you to take the time to just Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're sitting in, in, at home, uh, you can walk around and do whatever. But I want you to begin to start bringing those individuals before the Lord. I want you to start acting like a first responder and begin to intercede for those people. So I'm going to release you to do that right now. And then I'll come back and then we'll begin to close.
Praise the Lord. Well, thank you all for coming as we get ready to close. Um, I want to take the time to pray for those who've never given their lives to the Lord. Uh, those who are here this evening, uh, I know most of you here, but by chance if there's someone here who's never given their lives to the Lord, and those of you who are watching uh, by live stream, if you've never given your life to the Lord, I want to be able to pray with you this simple prayer. Maybe you've given your life to the Lord, but you've drifted away and backslidden. But the Bible says that God heals the backslider. So if that's you, I just want you all to join me in a prayer. It's a very simple prayer. And uh, at this time, just want to close our eyes. I'm just going to go before the Lord and just repeat after me. Father God, I thank you for saving me. I open up my heart and invite you to come in and be Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you. And I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. Thank you that I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. And because of his blood, I stand clean before you. And Father, I thank you that because I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and because he was raised from the dead and now seated at your right hand, because I believe that, your word says I am saved and therefore I am a child of God and I thank you for receiving me. I thank you for accepting me and calling me your son or your daughter. Thank you, Lord. I'm a child of God. I am saved. And now I have eternal hope. And I give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now if you said those prayers, all you have to do is three simple things. Pray every day, which is simply talking to God. Be a first responder. In every situation, just pray. The second thing is read your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we're glad to send you one. But read and start in the book of John's gospel and begin in the New Testament and begin reading every day, a chapter a day. And also the third thing is come to a church like this. And if you don't have a church to go to, we'd love to have you come and join us and be a part of our church family. And again, let me encourage you, give us a call. If you said that prayer, give us a call tomorrow morning. Call at 508-336-4110 and ask for myself, Pastor Mike, or Pastor Ray, or Chris Pfeffer. We'd love to talk with you and maybe send you uh, some, uh, some materials for you so to help you understand the decision that you've made. So please do that and looking forward to hearing from you and talking with you.